Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Ben and Melanie Show. I'm your host, Ben, and I'm here with the other host, Melanie. Hi there, Melanie. Hey there. Um, yeah. I sometimes I introduce ourselves wrongly as guests. I don't know why I do that. I'm just like in my brain. I'm interviewing myself as a guest. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just like, uh, yeah, it just happens. Anyway, today we're not in the normal location. We're not in the salon. We're actually out in the sugar shack, uh, boiling uh, maple sap uh, down uh, here. Um, it's sort of a family tradition in my family. Uh, uh, nothing to do with any of the traditional things that Melanie does. But uh, this is just like a family tradition that they started about 30 years ago. Uh, around the time they bought the property, they found that there's a bunch of maple trees here. Um, and they uh, started tapping them. Um, so this is uh, my, my mom and dad's property. And, but really my dad and my uncle really are the ones who started doing this. But they knew that the people before them had a big pot out here connected to a chain. And they actually used to do the same thing. Um, and uh, so we're just basically way out in the woods here. They built like a little shack out here to keep uh, keep you out of the wind, um, and uh, it's actually pretty nice. So, and, so if you hear a uh, little bubbling sugar water in the background, that's what that is today. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you're not from the Midwest, um, we tap sugar maple trees, and that tapping means you drill a little hole in it, you put a little spout inside of the tree, and then you hook a bucket on. And there's more advanced ways nowadays to do it. But you can hook a bucket on. And then as the temperatures warm, the sap rises up into the tree. And it comes out. And we get to collect it in buckets. And then uh, then you have to boil it, boil it, boil it to get it turned into maple syrup that you have on your pancakes. So it's pretty cool to live here yeah. and have that ability to do that. <laughs> it really is this time of year. It's pretty pretty relaxing, actually. You can't. You cannot be impatient if you're out here. You just have to go with the flow, and uh, yeah, you gotta wait for it. Um, wait for my sugar. Yeah, let me. Uh, uh, <laughs> sugar water, I should say. Um, no, and actually, I'm recording on my phone right now uh, using the. We use the anchor to host our podcast, essentially, and uh, that's great. It's free and everything like that. We. I never use it to record the podcast. I've always used uh, just microphones and GarageBand uh, and Apple, you know, computers uh, to record everything and to edit everything. So this is the first time I've ever just used just a Anchor third-party app thing to just try to record it. So we'll see how this turns out. Hopefully, hopefully the audio is viable. Yeah. Hopefully you can hear it. So just uh, for anybody interested in the technical uh, details of how to do this, so I'm, just, so I'm just learning how to do it myself all the time. So. Um, maybe it'll sound better. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but we've had many good uh, drunken discussions out here over the years. Um, that's... <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, like... Uh, it's like dirt camp. More like, yeah, I wouldn't say me and you necessarily. More like me and my dad probably out here. But, but um, yeah. Yeah, if, uh, speaking of that, I should say, I, I should, uh, there's always like a little thing of uh, hot damn out here. If you have, it's very old, hot damn. But uh, I'm gonna open it and take a little, just a little sip. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes with the tradition mm -hmm. of boiling the sap. Yeah. Hmm. Here, you want to try a little bit? No, no. <laughs> so, Not at all. Okay. 
No. It just sits out here in a bottle year round, and uh, yeah, he's got you know, that good with the sap. <laughs> it tastes like maple sap to me. <laughs> Whatever. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm a coffee 24 hours a day person, so if I drink yep. that, I'd be snoring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of this happened this week. Uh, the war is still marching on. Um, we didn't really plan on specific things to talk about today. Uh, we just thought we'd do the regular, uh, have your ear to the sugar shack while we shoot the shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything actually I've read that's been really interesting this week. I don't know. Um, they, I know, the war is mainly war news, isn't it? Which yeah. is just really a downer. Obviously, gas prices shot right up, but I mean, they're saying that's due to the war, right? Yeah. And that's because oil apparently is, uh, fungible or whatever, you know, but it's like, uh, it doesn't help anybody. It just it, feels like there's, I don't know. That coupled with the inflation prices at the grocery store really making me angry because I think there's a lot of price gouging going on that doesn't really have anything. Well, to essentially, do with that's what inflation is, right? Though, I mean, I think yeah. we talked about this before, and I was listening to economists talk about this somewhere actually. But essentially, inflation inflation is just the businesses raising prices because they can. Yep. I mean, that's really. Oh yeah, yeah. John Stewart was talking about that on his podcast, and um, yeah, that's all really. It, that's all it really mm-hmm. is. It's not. Like it's inevitable or something that has to happen or something that's necessary. They just right. perceive business owners, mostly large corporate business businesses really, perceive the public having more money for whatever reason. And so they're just going to raise the prices. So, yeah. Yeah. as they can to make more profits for the shareholders, who that's mm-hmm. the only people they answer to really. So, right. um, I was just listening to the radio on the way up here too. And they were talking about if the Fed raises interest to try to get inflation under control... That that'll actually be good for people who have like uh, savings accounts and things. So because it'll be the first interest rate hike in like a million years, and uh, it's like regular people actually will see the positive side of that, I suppose, if they have money in some sort of account that's an interest-bearing account. Um, yeah. But mostly, it'll they're going to say it's going to hurt the economy, though. I think and like ah, oh, people won't want to borrow money and everything. But I mean, in some ways, it'll be good. So it's not all bad. Right. Yeah, it just feels like uh, a bunch of workers won more wages and then bam, inflation. Um, yeah, so I'm still over here arguing for a minimum basic income because uh, I think that would help a lot. Oh, that was another thing that happened this week. School lunches. Uh, well, I heard, yeah, I know. You're, like somebody said, Mitch McConnell blocked it or wouldn't have a vote on it or yeah. something. Yep. I guess I'm, I'm unclear about how that turned out. So, but yeah, they, they, they're everybody in the country is barely eligible for free school lunches. Yep. And now that's not going to be the case soon again. Which I guess that, that many people who believe in the bootstrap theory of life, that's that's probably they're really down with that, you know. Yeah. But, Right. Yeah. It's yeah, but it's like all the things that were helping children out of poverty, like they're taking away. It's crazy. Yep, it did really help with that. Yeah, school lunches and then like the pandemic aid cards that everybody was getting. I think helped a lot of poor families. Um. Yeah. Uh, excuse me here while I put some more wood on the fire. So. Actually, I want to talk a little bit about that today. There's a 
much more traditional way of doing this maple sap thing. There is. Right? Like, uh, you know much about that? Yes. So, my people are Ojibwe. I'm part Ojibwe, and our people have been tapping the tree since forever. And we have stories about why we have to boil the sap, too. There's uh, winter stories that we tell about the time when the uh, Anishinaabe people got real, real fat because we sat under the trees and just drank the syrup. And that was back when the syrup came right out of the tree as sugar. And then the creator saw how lazy we were getting, and so he made it real, real hard <laughs> to boil down the sugar, to, the sap to get to the sugar. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. Anyways, um, yeah, so uh, a long time ago, what you would do is take an axe or something and cut like a gash in the tree and you would make a birch bark basket and set it down underneath that and you take like a piece of bark and it kind of pound it up into the tree into the little gash you made and then that would act as the spout and the sap would go down into the basket. Uh, for those that don't know, you can actually boil water in a ba uh, birch bark basket without it catching fire. So that would have been one of the ways that we could boil the That's sap water amazing, down. That's amazing, actually. Yeah, it's an amazing thing that it even exists to do this. I, I love sugar time. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so. I think that's freaking, I don't know, I just think... Uh, Anybody would even figure it out. You can boil something in a birch basket. It's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so like, uh, you could also. Um, so it's funny because like the birch bark don't don't grow very far from maple trees. I mean, you see them around, and and you just gather that ahead of time, and that's winter work. You can make baskets like in that. Just before the spring hits, when the sap runs, you can make the baskets ahead of time. So that's kind of cool. I mean, we used to make soup like that too. The Lower. My friend Wasan showed us how to do that once. She has uh, had a basket. She put like hot stones in it. Mm -hmm. Boiled the soup that way, um, right in there. It was really neat. Yeah. So there was a lot of different things you can do that the People from a long time ago learned. I yeah. think sometimes they were smarter than us. <laughs> well, this is actually, I mean, fairly, uh, I wouldn't have any idea, any clue how to build something like this. I'm glad my dad and my uncle knew how. Um, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a structure, though. But, I mean, there's nothing traditional about this, you know, right? Uh, but it's just a, a brick, uh, a, cinder, a bunch of cinder blocks, basically with a pipe coming out the top on the back and then a big long metal pan um, that you just dump up. You can fit about 20 gallons of sap into it and then once that gets down to the bottom and boils off and it can take many, many, many hours to boil off sometimes, but uh, then you can actually dump it into a much smaller pan and then uh, normally we end up finishing it like inside the house. Yeah. To get it to, to really kind of, you want to strain it really well and, do, and like finish it off. So, mm -hmm. um, and then can it. Yeah, and then you can it, right? So, so my uncle has a very much more fancy operation. He has a whole bunch of maple trees at his place, 
and what he there's like a tap hose system that he has now because when when I was a kid I remember him taking me over there and showing me how to drill the uh, holes and stuff with a hand drill um, which the hand drill was like you push it was all mechanical there was no electric electric anything on it um, and then putting the taps in and stuff but now he has this fancier thing where the taps are hooked to a hose and the hose runs into the building and then it goes into this big vat and they have like a commercial operation there. I think now. they call that, I don't even know what they call it, but it's a condenser. I think, yeah, right? condenser. It's yeah. actually really, really great. I kind of yeah. wish, uh, you know, I had one sometimes, but it, it's not the same thing as this at all. No, this is, this is a uh, very, very, very rustic, <laughs> like in the Bray standard. So yeah, this is like the slow way to do it. I thought um, it was interesting, too. You told me that story about when your parents bought the place and the, the big kettle. Well, yeah, the people who owned this land before, they used a, a giant, uh, huge kettle on a chain that they had. Um, like a cauldron? But, yeah, I don't know where that went. Because so. those are like, that was interesting to me, because those are like what we get, they call them treaty pots. Maybe. Yeah, nothing would surprise me you know, about that, so... Maybe somebody planted these trees here at some point, you know. Um, maybe... Uh, we did terraform in the old days. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> That's the thing. The Europeans that... I mean, I was just reading a uh, thread about this, actually. I mean, the Europeans, when they got to... When they came here, I think, didn't... They did farming, right? But they didn't recognize that the, the natives here were farming forests. Like, whole forests. Yep. And all ecosystems. They couldn't recognize that with their eyes. Because they thought of a farm as like a small enclosed space uh, with fences, you know what I mean, with livestock and animals. And animals. Yeah. They didn't think of a farm as a as a whole ecosystem. Ecosystem, really, that you could like you can like you can control forests and move forests and everything like that, you know, right? And you got to befriend the ants. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Don't chop them all down. Mm -hmm. Befriend the ants. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing to me that the people still don't value or understand the fact of indigenous knowledge when it comes to that. Like, it's funny because, like, the National Forest Service, I was reading here a few months back, they were um, finally listening to indigenous populations when they were trying to tell them to control burn. They need to control burn to prevent the huge wildfires out west. And I don't know... But it's impossible to do that when you have housing developments right next to the house. The the areas that need to be burned. That's the problem with that, I'd say. But they're actually considering it at this point because doing well, that yeah, yeah, doing would be better that, than yeah. burning down the developments altogether. You can do it in a controlled way. Um, and you want to burn out, you know, the under, know. underbrush and stuff like that. Um, so that's interesting that they're finally, like, realizing, hey, Native people have, like scientific knowledge <laughs> about how this works so yep. that and like there's a big movement right now for you know amongst like native people and environmentalists both are talking about eating local grow your own food natives are really yeah trying to do um growing heirloom seeds that haven't been messed with by gmo monsanto um, well, I was just thinking this is a big part of the local thing, the maple, why do you call it sugar bush, right? Yeah. And like I uh, don't, I never call it that before, but I guess that's the native way of talking about it, you yeah. know, right? And yeah, that's a big part of the getting local sugar. That's the, like literally the only way just about, I think, well, I guess you could grow sugar beets 
in the summer, right? So I, I shouldn't say that. There's no other way. But um, this historically was the only way to get sugar at this uh, uh, particularly, you know, like uh, uh, these coordinates, you know, and um, yeah. So and we used other to than that, they would have to get sugar cane. Right, and they're just right. that didn't exist outside of the southern tropical zones, right? So yeah, for natives, our sweet things were honey and the and the maple syrup, and we used to store the maple syrup in birch bark cones. We cook it down till it was more of a almost mm-hmm. like a hard ball consistency, and put it in there. Yeah, and then that would store all year round. And then also we could make granulated, almost like brown sugar, but out of maple syrup, maple sap. Yeah. If you boil it down far enough, you can make it into granulated sugar. So there's that. And that's your source of sugar right there. And sugar is yep. actually a preservative, right? So, yep. Yeah. And our elders used to drink the sap water, just plain the sap water, because it had the vitamin C and other vitamins in it. And that's important when you're in northern hemisphere, where you have the dark winter for a long period of time. Um, so they used to drink that that water to help... Uh, get the vitamins and nutrients we needed because it was used to be a lot harder to live <laughs> well yeah I mean, you didn't have access to like vitamin c you know right? right i mean that totally makes sense so so you'd have to get it this is a great method of getting that yeah the, the, any sort of vitamins because of, like all you would have is meat really yep. here and that's like it you know if you didn't i mean if you didn't learn how to live off uh you know everything that's but if, i think if you know the right way of living right you can just everything's here that you need in the forest right everything really you know you just have to recognize what it is and pick it at pick it at the right time and then know how to store it properly and you can be good to go so and that's why we Anishinaabe people used to move to different areas for different things Mm -hmm. like around our Great Lakes area right because you know one place would be great for fishing walleye and then there'd be another place that was good for planting uh, like the Potawatomi plant, planted gardens, and then there'd be another place to, you know, get the wild rice, mm-hmm. to gather the wild rice, and then another place to do sugar bush, or gather the medicines we needed to keep alive, or the the things that we use to build our homes and our mats and blankets and beds and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah. I would think that this is one of those things that people from both sides of the political spectrum, getting back to politics a little bit, can agree on. I think most people would like to know to eat local, to support the local economy, to be self-sufficient, mm-hmm. to do a lot of that sort of stuff. So that's but that's all part of it, right? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, on both sides of the political spectrum. You yeah. know, you don't have to be a far right wing lunatic prepper person to, you know, or and on the other side of it, you know, I mean, it, like, I guess the other side of it is like what Port- Portland. <laughs> like, I have to know whether this chicken had a good home before I can eat it. You know? I need to make sure my talk chicken's free to him for, for bed every night and write a story. Yes. You know, like that's the other <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I shouldn't make fun for him. I love the Pacific Northwest. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's what I feel like. This is it's one of those things that both sides can meet, meet uh, there. But... It seems like, too, out where we live, you know, there's Democrats with guns, like we've mentioned before, that are deer hunters. Deer, deer hunting seems to be another thing that it crosses the aisle and both sides do. I think it ends up becoming more of an urban-rural thing. 
less, the, less, yeah. less of a partisan thing, but like people who live in urban areas just do not understand the need for guns to hunt deer mm -hmm. or hunt at all. Uh, right. and, and they're technically right. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you want to be kind of get your own food, you know? You don't want to be completely dependent on the supermarket, right? Right. So, like, yeah, you could get your own. Also, yeah. we all talk about these fa factory farms and how horrible the animals' lives are, and it's much nicer to to let the deer live all year long and eat the whatnot, what get real fat, and then we kill them. It seems more had a in some life. ways. At least they yeah. got to have a life out in the open. And they, they're killed they quickly. They got to have fun. They got to jump around and you know, do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. They don't have to be, like, like, cows, like, in a factory farm anyway. They're not, like, locked in a pen their entire life that can't right. move. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of benefits to that. Yeah. That. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I agree. humanely, I mean. So. Yeah, and they're killed nicer because, man, some of the ways they kill animals. In well, in theory, they kill a cow just, like, through the head with a spike or whatever it is. But, like, or, you know, like, uh, well, automatically with a pneumatic, I mean, not, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I'm just saying, like, in, but that's probably fairly painless, assuming it goes right. Right. You know, but that's just the, you know, I don't know that it would necessarily always go right, so, but. Uh, man. Yeah. Anyway, I, we don't have to keep going with this if you want to get it wrapped up here soon. Yeah, well, I, um, I only have uh, limited time away from their children. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to go pick up my son from school shortly. Um, but, yeah, we just wanted to have a live episode while we were, uh, my husband, I will say, does Well, it's not, I mean, it's not live. It's, it's, this is, uh. Recording it live. We're, uh, <laughs> this is on the, on, on location. On location yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes, on location, that's it, so. And so. Um, when we do sugar, uh, the last few years anyway, my husband is the one that ends up sitting here by himself with the uh, boiling, and then I have the kids. Because <laughs> we have little ones that like to run around, and trying to keep them away from the fire is, is fun. Yeah. So we'll visit him for a few minutes, and then we scuttle butt out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yep, the next thing we'll be doing is... Mushroom hunting. Yeah. That's our next up. forest activity. Yeah. Morel mushrooms. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, late April, early May, right? Yeah. Yep. Something like that. All right. All right. At least I try to think of, uh, we got to be positive, stay positive. Yeah. Don't, the war sucks. Yes, yeah, the war sucks. And yeah, my heart really goes out to everybody in Ukraine right now yep. and Me everything too. like that. I really hope that people are getting out of the country. Hopefully they luck to be a ceasefire any day. Um, there's talk of it, but yeah. So gotta try to stay positive though <laughs> through all that. Right. Uh, trying to be positive just about our own lives and just about everything you know that we have that we take for granted. We don't have to live in that type of horrible situation. At least you know, like we got a lot of good things here. That's for sure. Yeah. So and living out here, you get you have a little bit of you know knowledge that you almost. I'm grateful for sugar time and mushroom hunting, and I'm trying to learn more of the plants that you can eat in the forest and yep. planting and stuff like that. It's all important, all important and grateful for being able to do that because a lot of places in the world you can't. Oh. So keep wearing your babushka scarves on Kwe. Those are uh, 
the floral babushka scarves that we used to trade with the Ukraine a long time ago. Oh, that wow. indigenous people wear. I did not know that. Everybody's wearing them in support, so keep that up and keep your prayers going. That's awesome. All right. Bye, my peak. Bye, motherfucker. Bye.